BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This next partner for the podcast is very much aligned with my beliefs. And my beliefs are that when you are dating, it's all about your relationship with yourself first, making sure that you have all of your dots in line before you invite that person into your life. Because when you're amazing, you attract amazing. And Match believes that the most important relationship you can ever have is with yourself. So in a world where you can choose to do anything or anyone, choose you first. Because dating someone who knows what they want and won't settle for less that's sexy as hell. Be your own best friend. Take yourself to a nice dinner. Stimulate yourself. If you're getting ghosted, no, screw that guy. You know, like that's not a real person that's for you because a real stand up person would never ghost you. That shows their communication style. Match is one of my favorite dating apps for so many reasons, but mostly because. It's about putting you first, which I really, really love. If you haven't tried Match yet, you really ought to because everyone else has and everyone else has been raving about it for a reason. So check out Match in the App Store. It's time to cultivate your relationship with yourself and then find someone that's worthy of your time. If you know how to do you, you already know the best relationships show up when you show up for yourself first. There has never been a better time to try Match. Download the Match app today and check it out for yourself and let me know how it goes. I'm really curious. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for today's episode with Sirius. They are a gem and a half, and we just had so much fun together, so I just can't wait for you to hear the episode. Before we get into that, I'm going to talk a little bit about my recent living situation as my mom, can you hear her in the background walking? Um, Well, we're going to get right into that, and then we're going to get right into Sirius. So don't get me wrong, I love my parents. I think a lot of us love our parents, but do I want to live with them at 31 or am I? No, I'm 32 now. (gasps) No, I really do not. And I'm so grateful, so grateful that they have taken us in during this time where we had mold and we had to move out. And I cannot be more excited for the fact that we are moving out November 15th because Again, I love my mom, love her to death. She's going to listen to this. So I just want you to know, and this is true, that she's wonderful and hilarious and 
just amazing. But she might be the worst roommate of all time. I will give you some examples. So I am obsessed with this yogurt and it's called Coco June and I'm obsessed. Like this is not even an ad. I just love it. But if you're listening and you work at Coco June, let me know. Um, and they don't have it anywhere near my apartment. So I or near their apartment. And so I had to trek like, you know, however far away to get this yogurt. And it's very special yogurt. And my mom does not care when it comes to yogurt. She will eat whatever. So she has like her Chobani or whatever that she eats. But I am very particular with this yogurt that I like. So, you know, like when you live with any roommate, what you put in the fridge is pretty much fair game, which is terrifying and it shouldn't be that way. Right. But it's pretty much fair game unless you label it. And I didn't know that I had to start labeling. I didn't know it was like that, you know, but I was wrong. This Monday morning, my mom is like just very casually. She's like, oh, by the way, I tried your yogurt. Didn't like it. She literally just ate, didn't even enjoy, ate my yogurt that I trekked to get and just threw it out, threw it out. Okay. And it's just, it's out of control. Then H&H bagels, which I'm a huge fan of, like love them obsessed. They chose me to win some kind of contest because I posted a reel of theirs that they liked and reposted. So they were like, we want to send you some H&H bagels. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, that's amazing. I'm so excited. Okay. They send me the bagels. I take the bagels out of the box. I go, you know, run an errand. I come back, the bagels are gone. I'm like, where are the bagels? Mom, like, what's going on? Where are the bagels? She's like, oh, I gave them to the doorman. I'm like, what? And don't get me wrong. I love, I literally used to feed my doorman everything always and like have no problem giving food to the doorman. But I literally was like, I'd won a contest for these bagels. I was so excited for the ba- these bagels. I was like, what? Huh? Like what? And she was like, oh, sorry. I didn't know you wanted them. I mean, what am I going to do? What am I going to do here? Plus, I am yo-yo sleeping here. And I know you're like, what the hell is yo-yo sleeping? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. You know how yo-yo eating is like, when or yo-yo dieting, right? Is like when you like don't eat a lot and then you eat a lot and it's very unhealthy. I'm doing that with sleeping unintentionally. I am either not sleeping at all and cannot get a wink of sleep one night and then the next night sleeping 11 hours and the cycle continues. And Stephen is not even sleeping, period. And I think it's just because we're so used to like our own bed and our own space and we have no idea what to do in their space. We're like confined to the room. We'd feel bad to like go out and be annoying. And it's just, it's just a lot. Like we basically live in this like room and it's, it's tough. Let me tell you. I mean, my parents have been so wonderful and I know I'm going to miss them when I leave and I know they're going to miss us, but we haven't been sleeping at all. It's, it's crazy. And then lastly, I have to talk about this. So I went to this last Saturday, Stephen and I went to go see Bros, the new Billy Eichner movie. And it was pretty funny. 
there were some moments that weren't as funny, but it was pretty funny for the most part. And while at the movie, my phone, well, first of all, I mess up the movie times. I said the movie was at 545, but it was at 515. And Steven was like all the way down in Soho. And I was like just dilly dallying at the apartment. And then I was like, oh shit, it was, it was 514 when I realized I was like, oh my God, I called him and I was like, the movie's actually at 515, not 545. I don't know why I am the way that I am, but for some reason didn't really check. And I thought it was at 545. And he was like, well, there's no way I'm going to make it. It says I'm going to get there at 545. And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. You know, in the back of my head, I was like, it's definitely not fine. But I was like, these movies, like they have so many previews. I ended up going to the theater, getting popcorn, bunch of crunch, raisinets, the whole nine yards, Diet Coke, sitting there, sitting down, Steven's on the subway. The movie actually didn't start until 540. There were 30 minutes of commercials, which is the craziest thing ever. Anyway, we're at the movies and I didn't have a phone charger. My phone was dying because as you know, I was frantic to get to the theater and that we see the movie, the movie ends, my phone is dead. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but there's something about your phone being dead that guarantees that you then have the best night ever. It's like, something is lifted and you no longer are connected with the world. And I swear there needs to be some rom-com about like a phone dying and you having the best night ever. And that's like the whole rom-com because all of a sudden I didn't care at all about my phone, what anyone else was doing, what else was going on. All I cared about was being so present in the moment and enjoying it with Steven. We ended up going to Papaya King to get hot dogs and we went to Krispy Kreme to get donuts, then Pastrami Queen to get a sandwich. I mean, we were just hopping and bopping around and we had so much fun. And when I got home, I didn't even plug in my phone right away because I was like, that was the best night ever. So if you're listening to this and you want to have a night of spontaneity and fun, do not charge your phone at all. Let it die and see what happens. And I guarantee you're going to have an amazing night and then charge your phone so you can DM me and tell me if your night was amazing. And now I'm really excited for you to hear us see Ruse. Did you know that over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 don't get enough vitamin D from their diet? 95% don't get their recommended daily omega-3s. And I am definitely in that percentage because I have been noticing crazy differences in my body and my hair and my skin ever since going off birth control. And that has a lot to do with the gaps in my diet. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. They have nutrients in the multivitamin to help maintain brain health, bone health, and blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual takes things to the next level by having a university-led clinical trial to study the impact of their essential for women multivitamin. The results were an increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. I mean, is that not amazing? I've been a fan of Ritual for a long time. The second that 
I decide that I want to try for kids, I'm definitely going to start their prenatal. But right now, I'm taking their multivitamin every day and it's great. There's no aftertaste except for like a kind of minty, fresh moment, which I personally love. And I really think that you should try it. In fact, if you do try it, I'm going to give you 10% off your first three months. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Acme and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash Acme. I have not been sleeping well at my parents and it is a huge situation that I'm really not happy about. I'm not going to lie. Like not sleeping sucks. And one of the only things that can get me to go to sleep is relaxing. And yes, you know what kind of relaxing I'm talking about. That's self-care relaxing where you have an orgasm because that is really the only way to sleep properly. I mean, the girls that get it, get it. Research shows that sex is as mental as it is physical. So you need more than just an amazing vibrator. Like that sexy chapter in a romance novel or that particular scene in a movie that you always fantasize about. Dipsy can help you get there in a new way. With Dipsy, you can skip straight to the good parts because Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed for women by women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters, stories about an intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to have your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even to heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme. Dipsystories.com slash Acme. I'm Eileen Kelly, and I'm the host of Going Mental. After struggling with these incredible highs of a booming career and then the unbelievable lows of losing my mental health, I voluntarily admitted myself to a psychiatric hospital. I ended up staying over five months, learning not only how to better manage my symptoms, but also just get my life back on track. So I'm here to say that no matter where you are, you're not alone. On my show, Going Mental, I'm going to be talking to guests about their own mental health journeys, as well as talking to professionals. New episodes every Thursday, and you can find Going Mental on Dear Media anywhere you listen to podcasts. Going Mental all of the time. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with the one and only Siru Spacey. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I love that we just like got right into it. Oh, I know. We were fully talking, y'all. We were fully just talking about like IBS. So we were, we have were. To circle back on that. I was telling Sirius that I was in the grocery <laughs> store the other day, and I told you guys this on an episode a few weeks ago. But I sharded. Yeah, yeah, it happened. It happened, and Sirius said that like they've done. Yeah, it. oh, totally. I am an IBS queen. And yeah. I also, I was just telling you, I have severe lactose intolerance to the point where like truly if I go out and eat like pasta, right. it would be like a Joe and Pat's moment. I need to have like four lactate pills just to offset it all. So been there, you know. But what do you think about the theory that we're all lactose intolerant? I could entertain that. I yeah. mean, I definitely like I'll see like if I'm like traveling, for example, at the airport and I it's like 7 a.m. I'll see people like just 
fisting a burger with like cheese fries at like 7 a.m. And I'm like, like, how does your stuff? So I I don't know. Maybe some right. people are just like, it doesn't like bother them mm-hmm. versus I have like, you know, like a drop of milk and something and it, it happens to me. So I would entertain yeah. it, but we'd have to we'd have to dive into that. I think. Right. And I was saying like, <laughs> I feel like I for sure have celiac, but yeah. I would never want to find no. out. No, because I, it's left. like ignorance is bliss in that case. Totally, totally. In, in only that case. I totally. You pick your battles, like yeah. I said, and some battles are worth fighting, you know? Yeah. So and the battle to not have croissants ever again is not, not right, worth fighting. Right, right. It's not. No, I feel you. Have yeah. you tried the like viral trendy Lafayette? I things? haven't because. I try like I, this is how lazy I am. I went once at like 3 p.m. and it was sold out. So I was like, forget that's, that's it. it. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never try again. Yeah. But I feel like I should try it. In fact, like maybe I'll walk up town after this and try it if the it's there. Mine is crazy though. Really? And here's the thing that I, I don't understand. And I would love if anybody had a reasonable argument. But if you eat at the cafe, you can't order it. You have to wait in that line. So even if you have a reservation to eat there, it's like, oh no, it's like you have to, like, it's like, for example, when you go to the bar and they're right. like, no, you, like, you see the fries like two feet away from right. you at a table, but like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you're like, no, no, you, all you have to yeah, do is you just can bring do it two it. feet away. That's so it's just ridiculous. more of like principle, like principle, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like, I don't know how into chocolate croissants you are, but sure. I'm like, I like to consider myself a connoisseur and yeah. there's too much chocolate in that croissant. Yeah, correct. I feel like, like it's just one of those like, overindulgent things that you share with someone and you're all like, oh my God, it's so good. But then in the back of your mind, like, it's like good. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, it's too sweet. Yes, exactly. So I'd imagine. (laughs) Okay. Backing up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? Yes. Okay. So I am 28 years old. I'm from a little town outside of Boston called Brookline, Massachusetts. Oh, I know Brookline very well. Do you really? I went to BU. Oh my God, I went to I Tufts. was a Brookline resident. Stop it, we're in for Brookline. For a long time in Dexter Park. Pause the cameras. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we get out. My parents are close to that area. Okay. Like they still live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to school in Boston. Wait, that's so I went so to funny. boarding school in Dedham, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. It was like a moment. And then I went to Tufts. So I went to Tufts. I love that. It was great. Yeah. I mean, it, I loved it. But then like literally, I remember I had graduation at Tufts and then I went home. I grabbed a bunch of boxes and that evening I was out to New York. I was like, I, I need to like go out. I need yeah. to experience New York. I was a very lucky and very privileged that my parents were like, because I didn't have a job. They were like, just go for two or three months. We'll support you because you really want to do this. And I did. And I ended up working in media, like immediately working in media. It's been like six or seven years. I started out at Paper Magazine and then I did a little like beauty in-house work. And then I've been working at an agency as a strategy director person and also doing content. I love that. That's my spark notes. (laughs) Well, tell me like, how did you kind of come up in the creator space? The funny thing is, is that I always used to like joke about being I had friends who were influencers and I would always just like totally troll them. And then I realized that I really wanted to do it. I was just being super insecure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like super afraid of failing. And then I think what happened was like right before the pandemic, I was creating content. But I had like two or 3,000 followers on Instagram and like some on TikTok. But then I remember the pandemic hitting being like, you know what? The world could literally fucking end. I might as well just do it now. Like literally, what do I have to fear? Right. And then uh, I did it. I started to create more beauty content. And then get this. 
it wasn't working on TikTok. Like no one cared. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just create like comedy shit. Let me bring my parents into this. And it immediately took off. It was like I had this sort of world working as a beauty lifestyle wellness creator and also talking about social impact on Instagram. And then people just wanted to see me fuck around with my dad on TikTok. And so that really worked and really hit. And then I think what really took it to the next level was when I started to do more beauty content and it started to go more viral, I remember getting a lot of comments like, like, like bros, dad's probably so like embarrassed. And I was like, oh, golden opportunity. Let me bring my dad into this content because right. he is so supportive. And then that just became its whole, its whole thing. And then I brought my brother into my content. I think it's sort of like the way I see it now is I love being a media personality. I love talking about like wellness and beauty and fashion through an intersectional lens because I have so many different intersecting identities. But then I also love just like fucking around and doing comedy and also social commentary. That's sort of like my realm. And I also think that there is something about your content that shows like, this is who I am. And look, my family accepts me. And like, how cool is that? And I think that to people is so foreign because they're like, my family won't even accept me if like I wear a shirt they don't like, you know? And it's like, that really resonates with people and is like aspirational for people who might have strained relationships with their family. You just hit the nail on the head. Like literally that's how I like to describe it. Basically it's, it's sort of a double-edged sword though. Like on the one hand, I have such a healthy relationship with my parents and they're so supportive that it feels really empowering to almost to share that, to also like be able to respond to negativity that way and be like the fact that you're assuming that just because I'm queer just because I'm non-binary and I'm Middle Eastern, that of course my dad hates me. Like how fucked up is that? Yeah. But on the other side of it, that also is a real reality that people live. And I also Mm -hmm. never want to give the false impression that like my experience is like the only experience in any way because so many experiences are like that. It just sort of feels nice that I can at least represent the people that have that support and also completely showcase how like we need to hold like really toxic men accountable because it's all anytime I get hate it's always like either like 13 year old white dudes that are trolling me or like 40 year old Middle Eastern men right so it's like it's a double-edged sword but it's I like to balance it a lot I love it yeah yeah and going back to growing up in Boston and going to boarding school what were you like growing up like what were you like as an adolescent I was kind of hot mess. I was, I always loved to be the center of attention. When's your birthday, by the way? I'm June 7th. I'm a Gemini. Okay. I was getting the vibes. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I have, I have a lot of thoughts on that as well, but I'm a third generation Gemini. Also my grandpa, my mom's side, my mom, and then me are all Gemini. So it's a lot, a lot of energy. But I, as a kid, I think I was just always, I performed a lot. So I was actually pursuing performing arts and music applied to only performing arts colleges and universities. When I was a kid, I definitely felt like I was normal. Like I thought that, oh, you were attracted to everyone or or you were like feminine and masculine. Like you played around with these things. And I think it wasn't until obviously like I was socialized into an environment where that wasn't the case. Because I also grew up in a very white affluent like neighborhood. I went to well, a private yeah, school. Yeah, I was going to say boarding school. Oh, yeah. Like it was that a environment. Scene. I mean, I have to say I was kind of the shit in yeah, <laughs> high school. I believe but, like, it. but it was also like I was so lucky because so many people that were closeted and queer in high school, just like, I mean, I was also like school president my senior year. Right. I think what I was able to do 
and this is something that I think I do well because I think we need to all celebrate what we do well is like I think I'm able to communicate really well. So for me, it was like I could still be myself and talk about the things that are important to me while also catering to a larger pool of people that would listen to me because I also feel like it's a privilege to be able to like exist in my body and in who I am and not have to like constantly like I feel like when I was a kid I like didn't have the right words or like when someone would say something nasty or mean I wouldn't so it's almost like the way that I see my content now is like a lot of it is just for me it's like forgiveness it's like all those moments that I couldn't stand up to bullies or all those moments that I didn't have the words to articulate how I felt I do now yeah and so a lot of the times when I get hate comments and I respond to them with empathy I still get people that are like why do you entertain this like why are you giving them attention I'm like to be honest, this is like really therapeutic for me. Like mm-hmm. this is really just like an act of forgiveness on my end. This is me also showing other young people because I have a lot of young people who follow me that like dudes need to be held accountable right. and like people need to be held accountable. You know what I have mean? you ever had a situation where you responded to a hate comment and they changed their tune? Totally. Oh my God. But it mostly happens in my DMs. Like basically like e- either one or two things will happen. One, I'll put that person on blast and I'm like, clearly you want attention. So let's get hundreds of thousands of people's eyes yeah, on this. How would you, you feel? Pin, you know what I mean? Pin a comment. Oh yeah. And I, that's my thing. I pin it. They either delete it and block me or I immediately get a DM being like, Hey, like, can you take that down? And I'm like, like make your argument. Like right, what's, you wrote it. You, like I'm Stand like, this is just, it. yeah. I'm like, you want the attention. You obviously clearly came to my page to say something. Yeah. So here you go. Like uh-huh. sometimes I will say, especially when it's like older women, like when it's like, middle-aged white women or middle-aged women in general I have a lot more grace with like I have a lot more patience it's just women in general I feel like I feel like in many ways a lot of us are socialized into upholding patriarchy so I don't blame people for the way that they act especially when it comes from another marginalized person but when it comes to men I'm either like you're either coming to my page to just be like rude and an asshole or you actually want to learn and I do like yesterday for example I had this conversation with this dad, random dad who just DM'd me and he was like, what you're doing is confusing people. And I'm like, explain it, why? Right. And then he, could, he couldn't. And I'm like, do you realize that a lot of this is actually just you projecting? And I was like, the way that I like to think about that is that like people are so obsessed with trying to like locate my trauma, but I'm like, you're just revealing your own. Like this right, has nothing exactly. to do with me. Always. Like I'm like, imagine like me, I'm wearing like a blue shirt and you say, oh, that's red. It's like, you're just saying, like you're saying things that aren't true. Like I... But that's the trickiness. And I'm curious about your thoughts about social media. It's like, I've been in media for six years. So I feel very comfortable. I've I've built a very thick skin. I have friends who blew up during the pandemic who haven't had that sort of exposure. Right. Who may ha- not have already worked on those parts of themselves that if someone pinpointed, they could be like, whatever. That's just your opinion. Right. They actually take that into account. Yeah. You can't go out there and put your content out if you haven't started, created the foundation within you knowing who you are to a T. And that does have a lot to do with confidence. Yeah. But it also has to do with like the foundation, like you said, having this very supportive family is so helpful. Your lashes are amazing. Oh my God. Are they I, I thought I'd want to do a big reveal. Yeah. That you've revealed them. Are they your own? Yeah. Wow. My mom. You should see hers. They're you wild. Don't, you don't. Just mascara. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, lash lift or like do a, like, yeah, um, like a, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Lami- no, not laminate. Oh my God. I like, no, yeah. Beauty. Like a lift, a lift, a I lift. think is what I was thinking. Of. No, I don't. Because they look naturally like you just curled them in the bathroom. Thank you. 
I'm so they're my favorite. I mean, my mom's. You should see. Her. You should see. I'll send you baby pictures. Yeah, of me no, with, like, I, my lashes I were like know. this. It was hilarious. If your doctor can recite every line from the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off but can't remember your name, it's probably time to get a new doctor with ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes it easy to find quality doctors that are in your network and in your neighborhood. Plus, with real verified patient reviews, you can find the right doctor for you, one that actually remembers your name. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available exactly when you need them. Sometimes that's within 24 hours if something comes up, you know? Or sometimes you have a mole that you're freaked out by and you need someone to see you ASAP, but you not just need anyone. You need someone who's great, who has reviews that are able to read and you can make sure that they're great. You need someone who's in your network so you don't have to pay out of pocket. And you need someone who's like, within blocks. And that's why ZocDoc is so incredible. You can find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Every time I've ever booked an appointment via ZocDoc, they then follow up with me to make sure the appointment was great because they don't want anyone in their system who isn't really, really good and professional. Go to ZocDoc.com Acme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Acme. ZocDoc.com slash Acme. Especially if you're new to the city or just visiting and all of a sudden you need a, do- you need a doctor, ZocDoc is the place for you. Check it out. This week, I hosted a really great event at Spring Fertility where we talked all about egg freezing for anyone who is interested in the process. And there was no way I was about to promote this event without using issue. Whether you work for yourself or you're part of a team, it's time to get creative. Make your online presence and your business stand out from the rest with issue. If you haven't heard of it, issue is an all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials to magazines to catalogs and portfolios and more. There is no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your creative in an easy-to-view way on every Every device. Plus, they work seamlessly with tools that you probably already use, like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, influencers, really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. Any issue you have with promoting your event, that's exactly what Issue is for. Or just promoting yourself. If you've ever thought about becoming somebody who has an Instagram presence, Issue is the perfect place to start. So check it out. And I'm so excited to hear what you think. You can get started with Issue today for free. Or if you sign up for the annual premium account, you can get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use the promo code ACME. That's issueissuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout for your free account or 50% off your annual premium account. That's issue.com slash podcast with promo code ACME. Wait, but going back, so yes. you have a brother, older, younger? I have an older brother. He's two and a half years old. And it's just the two of you. It's just the two of us. Okay, I love that you're the youngest. Me too. Yeah, it's the With best. same age difference too. Yeah, well, when you asked, like, what were you like as a kid? I didn't want to be like, I was honestly a terror. Like, I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. The, I was so, and my thing, my brother is such a sweetheart. I adore him. He's like one of my best, closest people in my life right now still, which I'm very lucky about. 
I was the worst. I was so, and here's the thing too, because I loved attention. I just did so many different things that I was like, serious, come on, bro. Like, this is like so mean. But I was just, I was, the, I had the second sibling syndrome through and through. My brother was the perfect child. He did no wrong to this day. He's the best. I'm always like, he's the better half. 100%. I love that. I, I feel like <laughs> my experience as a younger sibling was not the same. Like I, because my sister was like a troublemaker mm -hmm. and she would like do bad things. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm like the angel innocent. I mean, listen. But then behind the scenes, I was, I was, a, I was I mean, I'm also a Gemini. So it's like right. very, what's your sign? What are you? I'm a Libra. You're a Libra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. No, I, I definitely feel what was that. your brother's, what's your brother's sign? So he was born October 6th. Oh, he's my a Libra too. He's a Libra. Okay. I get along with Libras very well. My dad's a Virgo. So we have a lot, we have like all, we have very and different. And your mom's a Gemini. Mom's a Gemini like yeah. me. Her birthday is like a week before mm -hmm. mine. So my mom and I perform very similarly. Right. But I just like my brother, I think my brother has the best vibes. I'm like my yeah. dad is amazing, but he's still a Virgo. Like yeah. he still has your like- Your brother's a, also very handsome. He's very handsome. I he's single. So. Your... No, I'm oh, he is? Oh, he's single and like, what? In like I a need great to set place. him up. Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm like 100%. already planning on. It. I'm also like we're sort of soft launching the idea of being more bicoastal because he's in LA, oh. but he comes to New York like mm -hmm. once every six weeks for work. Why is he there? So he works in film. He's been in LA for like ten years. So he literally went to grad school in LA, started working at a major production company for like five years, was an assistant, and then now it's like a, went became a creative executive, and now is like a VP of essentially production at a company and then also with a publication in New York. So it's like amazing. I have people great. in LA. I mean, we'll talk. Yeah. But more about you. So you mentioned growing up, you were just attracted to everybody. Totally. Elaborate on that. Like what so for someone maybe listening who yeah. feels similarly, like how did you first realize that? I think I first realized it because I definitely like in kindergarten and first grade started to like immediately have crushes on boys. Then I was also still like crushing on girls a little bit. And then I was like, do I want to date them or do I want to be them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. And that was definitely like a tricky space to be in. And then I think I realized like after many years of like self-discovery, you sort of realize that sexuality is fluid. And like the ironic thing about the people that are like, you, we were born this way. And like you were, you don't choose. And like low key. The funny thing is that I think that creates a rigid mindset. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's no like, yes. But I also think that there's more nuance to it because I think if more people realized and understood that like your sexuality could be more fluid, I think we could live in a much more interesting environment. Like, for example, I identify as queer, which essentially for me is different than identifying as gay because like I'm not just interested in dating cisgendered men. Right. Like I'm interested in dating anybody who has masculine energy and like, would I ever date a woman? I don't think so, but it doesn't mean that I'm not like still attracted to women or that mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't be like, you know, in a fantasy of like, I don't know, different, having different like partners or like that. Like to me, it's all relative. And I think I was really scared to admit that because then also once you're put into a box, people are like, boom, you're like the gay kid. And I'm like, it's so much more nuanced than that to me. Yeah. So it's more like you're attracted to energy. I'm attracted to energy. I'm definitely attracted to masculinity, but then I I don't see that as just being, like I don't see masculinity as just being inherent to a gender. Right. I just think it's an energy. I think it's a vibe. I think because I perform high femme, for me, I get sort of the, the 
the balance in a, in a relationship with that. Like my boyfriend is very feminine in some ways, but he's also extremely masculine in a way that like balances his femininity in a way that I find attractive. So like, that's another thing. Just going back to my larger platform, I feel like everybody thinks I'm trying to like deconstruct and like take away masculinity and femininity. I'm like, I'm not, I just don't think it's rigid. It's the right. same with gender. Mm-hmm. I think when I talk about gender, it's always like, you're trying to take away. I'm like, I'm not trying to take anything away. I'm like, you I, you are a woman. That's amazing. You're a man. Like, that's cool. I'm just saying that like, there are people who can exist in between. That's literally it. And I think that's, that's the struggle that I get all the time is people think I'm trying to take away from them. And I think once you realize that it's more about adding the same way that I was like with my sexuality, I was just about like adding, like maybe in a year or two, I'll be more attracted to like, I think, I think that that would for self-discovery, it's been really helpful for me. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love what you're doing. Thank you. I'm curious, like when you were in like boarding school, when you were mm-hmm. in college, all mm-hmm. that stuff, I feel like it wasn't similar to today yet. No. Where like even the concept of saying they to describe someone no. would have been, people would oh be like, God. what the fuck are you talking oh, about? I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even know about gender non-conforming identities in a in a real way until college right i like and that's the thing too is that like growing up i was always so performing femininity i was like oh i'm trans i must want i must want to align my like gender identity gender performance with femininity i might have to do gender affirmation surgeries like i want to like I didn't realize that you could just like exist in your body if you felt that way and not have to like change anything about yourself. Like Unless me, you want to. Totally. Until yeah. college, like my freshman, I remember my freshman year because I went to a very like granola like liberal. I went to Tufts. Yeah. So it was like very like you sit in a circle and you tell your pronouns and I was just like, my what? And then I was just like when I started and then I studied sociology in college and that I was so ingrained in it. It sort of went from like this to that. But then I was also just like, I hate the fact that I'm also like leaning into like the stereotype that people would imagine someone like me would do, which was to be a sociology major and like focus on like gender, race and like critical race theory and all these things. But it really did open my eyes because I didn't even know. And that actually helped me discover where I stand in terms of my identity, which is fluid and non-binary. I think that and that's the thing, too, is like with pronouns, I think that a lot of people it depends, right? Like for me, you can call me any pronoun you want. I don't care. That's the funny thing too, is like when trolls are like, he, I'm like, you're not wrong. Like, are you trying to like misjudge? Like you're good. But it's, I think it is so important for people. My whole thing too, is that it takes practice. Like I'm not going to like get mad. Like I, I'm not going to get upset at someone who like doesn't gender me correctly. Also because I'm a bad example, because maybe it's like a friend. I'll always correct you. But it's just about learning. It's not, I'm, I don't know. I think that there is definitely a middle ground that we have not reached. Right. But did you ever, and I agreed, but did you ever have to come out as totally. queer? Like, yes. Did you have to have these conversations with your parents? And then do you think that you need, like people today mm. need to come out as, as Whatever non-binary? They are. I came out twice. So I did, to answer your first question, I came out to my dad when I was 10. And he was so chill. He was so funny. When you were 10? Like, I was that like is literally so 10 years old. Wise beyond your years. So Gemini. Well, thank you. I mean, I think part of it was also just like, I was reaching a breaking point with my mental health where I was just like, I'm like severely unhappy right now. And if I don't talk about it, I think I'm going to like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I think that scared me. 
So I remember I was like sitting on the couch. My dad was reading magazine and I told him and he, he just like, I didn't think he heard me. And then he like laughed and then kept reading. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you were like, like how, how I was did like, you articulate I was like, it? I was like, Bob's, I think I, I think I'm attracted to men and women. And I think, I think that's where I'm at. And he just looked at me because my dad's so funny. He's like, all his friends are queer. My, both my parents went to art school. So it's like, it wasn't like a shock. Right. So I was really lucky. And then he just like laughed and was like, okay. I just can't believe you were 10 doing this. Like I was 10 years 10 old year old on my couch. In, yeah. Who are like playing with like those like button things that you Meanwhile, push in. Meanwhile, I'm like deconstructing what my identity is. No, I was like fully in. And then I told my mom a couple months later, because my mom's side of the family is a little bit more conservative. And I was mm-hmm. just a little nervous. My mom is amazing. She was great. And then I told my brother a couple months after that. And I remember I was like really young. I was middle school and I still, I didn't come out and really until like my junior or senior year of high school. It's like my friends. I, my family knew for a really long time, but they were helping me become a lot more confident in myself before I opened up. And right. I did it. I was school president and I it was great to be like openly out. I think that a lot of people in my year were like closeted that didn't come out until way after. And then came the reckoning of college where it was like, fuck, I'm not cisgendered. Like, I don't feel this way. And I was like, all throughout college, I was like trying to fit into like a cisgendered world of like being like the gay kid. But then everybody around me was a white gay person who like I couldn't resonate with. And then all of the like Middle Eastern people were like homophobic. So I was like, where the fuck do I go? Right. <laughs> I like, literally, like, what do I do? And then after college, I remember I graduated. It was like the best thing ever. I finally was like, I feel confident enough to like describe myself as being gender fluid and whatever the fuck you want to call me, you can call me. I know who I am. But it was like I came out twice. I wish people didn't have to do that. But I also feel like everybody's coming out is so real, but I think we put so much emphasis on it because I know so many people who won't come out that live a queer life. Like they have a partner. They just can't come out. It's a privilege. It's something that I'm really glad that I did. Did I really have to do it? No, it wasn't like really shocking to anyone. I think it was more, again, it goes back to like, it was helpful for me. It was helpful for me to like say the words out loud. Like I'm non-binary. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it was like really good for me in that moment to come out, not for the sake of other people, but for me to be like, all right, like, That's it. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that, and this is like a, I don't know how to say this really, because I feel like, but just hear me out. Do you think that there's any possibility that they're like, so I have like friends and friends, kids and cousins and and all that stuff who go to very liberal, like very types of schools. Yeah. And do you think it's possible that it's almost like trendy at this point to say that you're non-binary for some for some kids more so than them actually like realizing what they are in a way? Potentially. The way that I like to think about it more is that like I just think because younger generations are so much more open to like. Right. Like the funny thing is that like I I could not have been the only person in my grade that felt that way. No and way, now yeah. looking back, I think there were out of my in high school, like 150 people. I think there are like between 15, like we had a reunion. It was so like 15 and 20, like non, like gender non-binary, queer, trans sure. altogether, just out of a pool of 150 people. Right. That's still a significant percent. So For sure. I, I think it could be potentially like, I think if younger people are going through like processes of identity, like is who, who is that, who is that harming? is my mentality. 
I think it's definitely become like there's this funny like trendy like everyone's non-binary. I think that's right. hilarious. Like I I make jokes about it all the time. Yeah. But I also think that it's a beautiful world to live in. Like I don't like I think it almost is just totally. like if it is a trend, I don't see it as yeah. being. But I do. What I will say is I do draw a line. Mm-hmm. Like I think that there's definitely people that are more privileged that can come out again and be very vocal. And then I think we sometimes also forget about the real issues that are happening. Like if we take pronouns, for example, and and being non-binary, like I have friends in, that are living in countries where like you'll be killed. I don't think they're worrying about their pronouns. I think they're literally worrying right now about like surviving the day. So I feel like that is where I take a step back and I try and think about how privileged we are. I am to live in an environment where like I can have conversations like this, right. where I can be so nuanced because education is also a privilege. Like I, I think that it's the same as like when we talk about like gay marriage and all these amazing things, but then you, when you really think about like, what are the real pervasive issues that the queer community is facing? It's homelessness, it's depression, it's suicide specifically for black and brown people. Yeah. Like that's what it is. So not to get too serious, but I think going back to your question, like I wonder if that should even be the focus point. Like if, if, if younger people are like doing it to be trendy or like are realizing that like, you know, sexuality is so fluid, that's great. I want to bring the focus back to making sure that we understand that there's like bigger issues at play right now. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 100%. I think there's also this notion that like, if you are struggling with your identity as a kid growing up today, saying that you're non-binary is almost like easier to then go back and be like, actually, I like, you know, it's like opening that door for yourself to be like, I don't know. So I'm going to say this. And then whatever I decide, you can't say that I like went back on, you know, just like this. It's an umbrella. It's funny because like, I feel like we like queer people do that all the time with being straight. Like we were straight until we were 18. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like we like we did the opposite of like it was trying to be straight because it was like, that's what we did. And it was like, I think. I that's why I also like to hold myself to more of an identity of like I'm queer because again like if 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 I decide if I if I am attracted to people and I'm you know in my life or whatever and I don't want to feel like I'm held into a box it's the same with gender you can call me whatever you want I'm good I know that my identity is like fluid and mixed and everywhere so I almost don't feel like I'm held accountable to like one thing right but then I also realized that like it doesn't at the end of the day again there there are so many more pervasive issues that we need to be talking about yeah so many Ah, you know what I mean but even though there's so many issues we need to be talking about what I really want to hear about is your relationship oh because this is a dating podcast so how did you meet your partner oh my god y'all we met at soul cycle stop in real life I'll I'll, so I'll give you the story so basically I've been going to this soul cycle in Hudson Yards for like six months every morning because my friend was working at like the front desk, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So me and my other friend, Gus, would go visit my friend Ben and then also take a class in the morning with our favorite instructor. Shout out to Tanisha. And I would go every morning. And then one day I remember I took a class and I came out and I saw Michael, my boyfriend. And I remember I we both did a double take. And then I'm walking up the stairs with my friend Gus and I'm like, who is that? And he's like, oh, you haven't met him? I'm like, no. He's like, he's he hired our friend Ben. Like, he's the, the studio manager. He, like, manages a bunch of different studios and, like, opens studios, hires a full team, makes sure it's everything. So I was like, oh, interesting. So I'm getting ready, getting dressed. I am leaving. And I remember I was so late. I took a later class that I was already running late for work. And then I remembered I was like, 
fuck, I left these glasses in the studio. And then I'm running out and I told my friend, my friend Ben at the front desk, I was like, Ben, like, I'll pick up my glasses later. And as I'm leading, Michael was just like, he said something like you have beautiful eyelashes. And I was like, thank you. And I was trying to play it so cool. And then I left. And then I remember going to work and being a little like smitten. And then a couple hours later, I'm at work and I get a DM. No message. It's just a photo. And I was just like, this is a dick pic from a stranger. Like, what else could this be? Right. <laughs> then I, I was like, you know what? Whatever. And I, I opened it and it was a selfie of Michael wearing my glasses. No, and I was like, so that cute. is very smooth. And I immediately, we started talking after that. I picked up my glasses from him. He was at the time in a, an open like relationship with someone and I was sort of in my like slut era, which I was like loving and, and adoring that time in my life and always look fondly back on it. And so I think, you know, we gave it a couple of months and then I think things got a little bit more serious. Like we were like, okay, this is like more than just- When's his birthday? His birthday is April 26th. Okay. Taurus. So he's a Taurus. Mm-hmm. He is a Taurus. Uh-huh. Um, and so I remember it was the new year and his side of his dating life has settled. Mine had settled. And then I think we were just like, let's try this. And then a month later, the pandemic happened. Of <laughs> and then course. I was like, great. Like it was, and then he immediately moved in with my family. Oh my God. In Boston for two and a Stop. half months. When we look back at it, we're like, we were like so delusional. Like, what were we thinking? It was that we laugh about it. I mean, it was it was fun, uh-huh. but it was also just great. I was like, this is crazy. So he lived with us, got to know my parents very quickly, and it's it's gonna be three years in January. Oh, so that's it's so he's nice. great. Yeah, he's a Taurus, Taurus. Uh-huh. Like he fully performs. And he um doesn't like to say that he's stubborn, but he's almost as stubborn as I am. Uh-huh. And I because my moon's in Taurus. So I like I definitely feel like we get along in those ways. But also he like I'm very type A with like cleanliness. Mm-hmm. And he would argue me when he sees this, I'm sure he'll be upset. But like he's like not the most. Right. Unless it's like his place. Cause we don't live in the same apartment right now. And, you know, I think those things are like endearing and fun and we work through like stuff but I think we're very lucky in that like fundamentally we've been able to get along we've been able to like work through any like hiccups or issues that have happened in our relationship yeah in a way that feels healthy and also like to his credit my platform really grew in the past six months and he's been adjusting really well it's been hard like there have been moments but you know we're working on it I think it's just always a work in progress yeah is there anything that he doesn't want you to share about him like through you being a creator not so much he's like not on social really i love that i don't think i could be with someone yeah i'm just like he's so funny he'll like see a tiktok that i've seen like months ago or like we'll try and and like or like text it to me in like save it down and then i'm just like (laughs) but recently he's been much more comfortable like we've done a few campaigns together but I, i i i really do think it's important like he's not a very social person in general in terms of like so I try and respect his boundaries like right but like same with I mean it goes with my dad and my brother as well like they're very private people there are certain things that like I could do that I think like could make me go even more viral and like do fun things but like that would that would it's same with Michael like I see a lot of couple content which I love and I think some platforms are fully like couples doing it together I think that's one thing for us that we've decided I don't think is like our plan 
I like to just sort of sprinkle Michael in every once in a right. while. Yeah. I like to do it. Yeah. I, I'm you know with, I, mean? I feel the same. Yeah. With like my he's like down, but I'm mm-hmm. also just like, there's some things that you just want to keep. No, I agree. You. But you were living with your parents and Michael in the pandemic. And then you went back to went having back your to own York. places. I, like we both had our apartments. We left our apartments. We went because it was more comfortable. My parents' home and Brookline yeah. was like so much more comfortable. I also was just scared. And then Michael and I just started dating. I was like, it just feels like this is so weird that he's not here and that we're dating and that we're going to have to be long distance. And then we did again. He came. He left, went back to New York. And then three months we did long distance where I stayed. And then at one point I was like, you know what? I really should get back to the city. I didn't want to go back to the city. I was so, I was like, why am I going to go? Every, this was the moment where everybody was gone and everybody gave up their apartments. And right. meanwhile, I was paying so much money for the studio where I couldn't do anything in it. And then in the pandemic, like we had, that was the hardest, that was the lowest low. I remember me coming back to the city that week. Him and I had a lot of conversations. We were like, this is really tough. We just didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't want to live in the studio. I didn't want to live alone. I didn't want to be in New York. I wanted to move out. And then I think like pushing through it was something that hindsight 2020 was like the right decision. I moved in with a roommate and then we lived together for a year. I decided I wanted to live alone and I also needed more space for myself. And so got through the pandemic, but I think really by the skin of my teeth in terms of like my space, Mm -hmm. because it's also like I'm working a full-time job. I'm also doing content creation. I also have a relationship. Like I'm also trying to deal with all these things that are happening in the world. Like it was like, I remember reaching a breaking point where I was like, I can't do this by myself. And that was when I decided to like, respond to emails about getting a team and a manager yeah you know what I mean like that was it so doing that has given me more freedom to hang out with Michael more figure out like moving in with him like what that's gonna look like like all that stuff like it's definitely given me more like space in my mind to Mm -hmm. now deal with those things that I feel like I was just shoving and in terms of moving in with him like having been together for three years that's a long time and like a lot of couples I would say like are living together after three years totally was it just like you know, what you just said and kind of like holding on to your independence a little bit. That yeah, has totally. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing too is that like, so he's my first relationship until I was 20. So he's four and a half years older. And so I was 25. I hadn't dated anyone before. And I was like, I'm like, how could I ever like be with one person forever? And then I was just like, okay, see, like there's so much nuance to that. Like you don't have to think about it that way. Right. And then I think part of it was like, I lived with a roommate. I needed to be alone. He had been living with his ex. They moved out. I think we both, timing-wise, we both just wanted to be by ourselves for a hot side. And it's so healthy to live alone so before healthy. you live with someone I else. loved it. I love my apartment. Part of me is like, I will always want to hold on to like my own space. And obviously, very recent discussions about moving in together, I was like, terms, conditions, communication. The way that I see it, and I, we sort of are on the same page, because my whole thing, you know, is like, I'm always like, chill like whoa like the relationship is moving so fast when I'm like it's really not I see it and he sees it and we confirm this literally hot off the press that like the way that we see it is that moving in together is more strategic than it is about like adding an extra layer of seriousness to our relationship because we're serious I mean we've been together for three years I don't see it as being any more like intense than just convenience I get to see him more like he doesn't have to like commute all the time we could get an amazing space together with our budgets and what we're right. able to spend. Like, obviously, it's nice to be together more. But like, for me, it's much more about like, logistically, it just makes life so much easier. So if 
you're watching this and you're someone that's very like nervous or anxious like I am about moving in with a partner, that has given me comfort. But your partner has to be on the same page. Because for some people that have moved in together, I've seen like the other person sees it as like, boom, that means like we're like next step is engagement. I'm just like, I'm so not in that headspace that I think the hardest thing for me about moving in together was always assuming that because of what society tells us, that's what that means. And it might for a lot of people, it doesn't mean that for me right now. And that's what I'm holding on to. And right. that's what making what's making me feel comfortable about like sharing my space with someone. And that's the con like that's why it's so important to have these conversations before you move in with someone, mm-hmm. because that's where you stand on that. And then there's someone else that might think, okay, I move in with someone, I'm engaged within a year. Yeah. And they better be on oh that. Oh my same god, page. totally. Whereas I'm just we've I've made that very clear. Right. To Michael. And he's also on the same page. And I'm just like, things are going to change. Like, also, here's the thing. He's like lived with partners in the past. I never have. So I think he's always also seen it as like a a means of convenience and like Mm -hmm. logistics and stuff like that, too. So that's where I'm at. I love it. I'm going to ask you a few questions from (gasps) mine and possibly your followers. Okay. And then um, we're going to do some rapid fire. Okay. Sounds good. Somebody asked, how has the Persian community impacted your dating life? I want to say that it's impacted it more than it has. But to be honest, not so much. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like there are fewer queer Iranians that I've also like in the past hooked up with and have been like, you feel like my cousin. Like this is like weird to me. A lot of Iranians date within the Iranian community or a lot of Iranians have their parents that like set them up with like other Iranians. My parents were never like that. Like my brother and I have dated like everyone from Mm -hmm. all different backgrounds. I definitely feel like being Persian, if I like post with my boyfriend, sometimes we get a little bit of like hate of like, how are you not dating a Persian or like another person of color? And I'm like, fuck you. Like, literally, like, right. fuck you. Like, right. wh- like why do I have you to, to say like, that? carry this random no. notion that you have in your no. head? No, and who's to say I haven't? Uh-huh. Like, literally, like, I think Michael is, like, the funny, I joke about this, like, not my type in terms of, like, what I used to go for. Like, he's a short king. He's Irish-Italian, freckles. Yeah. Like, he's a cutie, so handsome. But he's not, like, the, like, tall middle eastern darker type guys or like even like jockey dudes that i grew up with that i was so attracted to which i'm still unpacking in my mind of course right but like that was my t- like i was always attracted so persian community has definitely minded its own business in that way and i make sure that they do and i also feel like a lot of gay persians don't have a lot of choices in terms of like yeah. their lives so i feel very lucky that i can choose whatever the fuck i want to do yes that's my uh... answer who are your fashion icons? Because you are literally <gasps> always looking fire. Oh my God, please don't. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's very sweet. Who are some of my fashion icons? I would say there's a lot of queer artists that I'm, I always look to for inspiration. Alok is amazing. They're an incredible poet, speaker, author, comedian, and I love their style. I've always been influenced by their beauty and their makeup and like everything that they do. I'm really inspired by Amir Taghi is this Persian designer who does a lot of contemporary Persian wear that I really look up to. And then I think in terms of like celebrities or people, a lot of them are honestly like Iranians. Like it always goes back to like Persian women. Like Golshifte Farhani is like this amazing Persian actress who's like Cartier ambassador like has so many accomplishments under her belt and is just such an ethereal but also unique person when I think about fashion like when I think about brands 
I do a lot of like Dion Lee's and like gender mm. fluid type brands that I love. And then it's always someone who's gender nonconforming or femme that I look up to for inspiration. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's also like there's some creators that I really look to that I love their style. And it's definitely evolved. I think before, if you'd asked me, it would be very different. But yeah. I love that. Thank you. Okay, this might be, someone said this might be an ignorant question, but when you go to the bathroom, do you go to the women's or the men's? That's not an ignorant question. That's a very valid question. I typically, ideally like to use a gender neutral one if there is, but like I go to the men's room. Here's the thing too. I am more mask presenting. Like right now, for example, like I'm not wearing any makeup except for mascara my face is shaven. Like there's a, there's a, like I, my biggest thing is I like to avoid confrontation when I'm in public. Like there's a serious threat that if I go into a woman's restroom looking like this, like it might make women feel uncomfortable despite the fact that I'm gender fluid and I'm non-binary. Likewise, when I'm in full drag and full makeup and I use women's restrooms when I go out, it's also because there's like a serious, and a low this poet that I adore has talked about this on their platform too. There's like a very potential risk that I might get like, I don't know, hit if I go into a men's room or that like it's happened before. Like when yeah. I've been in full makeup, like men have harassed me in the men's room. So day to day, I use the men's room. If I can find a gender neutral bathroom, I do. But sometimes for the sake of safety, like if I'm out, like, and there's no one in the women's restroom and it's really not like or like there is, like no one's ever had a problem. Like right. anytime I'm in a women's room, actually, this is funny. Every time I'm in a women's restroom that I've used a women's restroom, women always are like, oh my God, what, like what lipstick are you wearing? Or like, right, what, like right. I've, it's never been like, what are you doing? I'm just like, yeah. I'm not, I'm there to piss or shit. Like right. I'm not here to like, totally. so I think it sort of sometimes is affected by safety, but most day to day, I again, men's room, women's room to me, it's just about circumstances. Do you prefer, like, if you had to choose, do you prefer a gender neutral, like, one stall? Totally. Or, or? or co-ed, like, one of those, like, bathrooms that's just, like, for everyone to use at once. You know what I mean? I think gender neutral. Guys are gross. Like, they shit so gross. No, like, it's, I, yeah. I almost, like, wish. I'm, like, I don't want that. I actually had a creepy experience the other day in, like, a bathroom for all. Totally, totally, totally. I had a guy, like, ling- like, a, like, a straight guy yeah. lingering like when yeah. I was going to the bathroom and I was, I felt really uncomfortable and I like complained about it. And someone was in my DMs being like, how dare you complain about that? Like those bathrooms are for like non-binary people to feel safe. So like, it's not totally. about you okay. feeling unsafe. Sure. Okay. And then I'm like, fuck, like yeah. I can't yeah. win. But like, it wasn't like I was mad that, that those bathrooms exist. It had I was nothing more to do with mad these, it was, uh, the about situation. how that like guy yeah. used that bathroom I'm situation. I'm with you. I, I'm so pro just like eight, gender neutral stuff. But right. the other thing is, is because I'm like, I have so many of the IBS, going back to being an IBS queen, because right. I prefer privacy. Yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. that everybody wins. And right. I, like some restaurants, like where is it? Like the Smith, for example. Mm. <laughs> so random. So random. They have like 12 single stalls. And I think it's, it's great. Amazing. Like they're, it's all just yeah. great. So. I love that. Okay, we're going to do some rapid fire. Okay, some rapid fire. questions. These are really niche and random. People okay. submit them about their lives. Okay. If you live with two other roommates in an apartment and wake up an hour earlier than them to go to work, is it annoying to blow dry your hair? Yes or no? Got to do what you got to do. Yes, it's annoying. It's annoying, yeah. <laughs> but listen, you got to got to do what you got to do. You got to. Like, I, I think it's annoying, but I think you have to do it. Right. Is it better to break up with long-term significant other right before their best friend's wedding where they're a groomsman slash bridesmaid or after? 
I think after, I think you're going to ruin that. I mean, here's my thing. You got to do it when it's right. But also like, you know what? I retract. Yeah. I think before. I think before I think because before, like get actually, it in at that wedding. I think get it in. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I retract. I, I was trying to be more considerate to like their energy. Mm. But that's that's life. Yeah. And I'm it depends it. how they react to it. Who's to say? Who's okay. To say? I'm in. Yep. I if retract. you and your significant other have communication problems, like you both sweep things under the rug, can it work or will it be a constant struggle? Constant struggle. Yeah. I really do think that like there are moments where like Michael and I haven't talked about something for a really long time. We're like, we got it. We got to hash something out. Mm. You can feel you can feel the energy. I you really, really can. That. You really can. It doesn't work. Is it ever a good idea to meet up with an ex after the breakup? Sure. Like, I'm not going to judge for that. I mean, it depends on the ex. Mm. But I also think like, I've, I've done that. Yeah. It's never you know? been a good idea for me, but I hear you. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Depends on the, yeah. depends on the situation. Right. It's true. But I won't, ju- I won't judge any. Let's say I won't judge anyone to do it. Right, right, right. Who does it? Is it fair or unreasonable to ask your significant other to keep you updated on their night via text if they're going out with their friends, even when you're asleep, because you like to wake up to those texts? I don't think it's unreasonable. I um, I think you got to give him space. But I also think like for me, I always text Michael when he goes out for safety, just to like, yeah. make sure he's okay. Right. Just, I'm always like, listen, I'm always like, if you're going to not text me for a while, just be like, hey, you won't hear from me from three hours. I'd rather just have that than nothing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. If someone says they're praying for you, are they actually, or is it just a nice thing to say? Um, it's always a negative connotation towards me, so <laughs> I can't answer that. I hope it's a good no, thing. No, but if if you're like want to get an apartment and someone's like, I'm oh. praying for you, like I hope you get it. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think just saying I, it is like a prayer. I think it's. I yes, I agree. agree. I agree. Yeah. Sure. But like you're no one's like getting down on their knees. No, so I think it's firm. just more of like a, you know, good yeah, luck yeah. gal type of a situation. Yeah. Would you cut a bridesmaid if they consistently show weird jealous behavior or should you suck it up? Mm, I think I think you got to I think you got to suck it up and then or because the thing is, is cut when like how close to the wedding close. I'd imagine. Maybe cut. Mm. Maybe it depends. I think it depends on the situation, but I always like to go with the drama free route. And I feel mm-hmm. like if if there's drama at the wedding, oh, if yeah. it's my wedding and you're causing drama, you're out. So maybe maybe cut before mm. circumstantial. Your significant other hardly talks about their ex who they dated just before you. It's going so well otherwise. Pry more or drop it. Oh my god, no, that's. I don't think that's, I think that's fine, right? Like they're not talking about their ex. Yeah. I I mean, I'm just like, I need to know everything. Oh, well, here's the thing. I like for, in my situation, we hashed everything out. Right. And then I got updates until like month five and then it was done. Right. Then I expected it to be done. Then I was like, no, yeah, we're talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Fair. Uh, no, but that's, yeah, that's the nuance. You go on a drink date with someone and then over the weekend, they text you to meet up while out. Are they interested in dating you or just want to hook up? I mean, they kind of just want to hook up. They mm-hmm. might be interested in dating you. Yeah. In order to protect yourself, always lead with circumstance. They're out. They're drinking. Uh, like, sure, they want to see you. Maybe they want to date you, but just but go right into now it. They but right now they want to hook up. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, girl. But like, also think about it that way. That might actually right. give you more power to do it. I like, agree. Oh. Okay, last one, because there are so many we can go on forever. But do you think Adam Levine cheated? so much commentary I've heard about this. You know what? I think I wouldn't be surprised that these things would happen because I've seen 
so many stunning, beautiful women get cheated on with other people. And I'm always just like, how could they ever do that? But they do. It's happened Mm. to so many beautiful women. So if it happened, fuck that. But I'm like Switzerland. I like to be in the, I'm always like, I try and like, you know, but I I would not be shocked. Mm -hmm. I would not be shocked. I will say where there's smoke, there's fire always like 10 out of 10 times. And I've always heard that he was a dick. So he can suck it. I mean, and here's the thing too. I also, you never want to like base your opinion off of just one thing. I think to your point, I feel like with certain people, you see a history of what you hear and what you see in their relationships. I think you can like infer right. the, the truth right. after like make, many instances right. of, make you know what your I mean? own decision. Sirius, can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout the years? I have a couple. I would say continue to do what you're passionate about because the project, the piece of content, the video right before you decided to quit could be your turning point. And never mistake anyone's kindness for stupidity. Mm. I've learned that. It has changed my life. I am a kind person. I'm empathetic. I'm easy to work with. Do not mistake that for me being stupid. And I have, I, I've truly believed, someone told me that and was like, if you got to lay down the law sometimes. That will help you tremendously, I think, in life. I love that. Thank you. Where can everybody find you and follow you? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and YouTube Shorts, all the platforms, just my first and last name at Sears Vasey, C-Y-R-U-S-V-E-Y-S-S-I. And if you see me in the street, say hi. I'm very friendly. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.